0: Back inside the locker room here on a Friday, getting you ready for game day. One of the things that we like to do on Fridays, folks, it's a simple concept. It's called Five Star Friday. We told you we'd find a way to still hear from Arthur Motes this afternoon. Well, what are the five biggest matchups that will determine the outcome of Steelers-Bills Sunday up in Buffalo? It's time for a little Five Star Friday.
1: We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not gonna be us. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it.
0: Oh, it just hits different, Arthur Motes. Mm. I absolutely love it. I've been waiting for Arthur this notes. all summer, ladies and gentlemen. It's five-star Friday. Your five biggest matchups will determine the outcome of Steelers-Bills Sunday up in Buffalo. Here we go. Five-star Friday.
1: Matchup number one. Okay, okay. We are back in the saddle, and we're not going to let a little Hall of Fame induction get in the way of five-star Friday. So the first matchup we're going to talk about is Josh Allen versus Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, we know Josh Allen. All world, super hot, coming in very productive. But we've seen what Minka's been able to do since he's arrived to Pittsburgh the turnover magnet, the splash king, splash, 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 slip and slide, splash. That's what Minka brings to the table. And I fully anticipate Minka starting fast because Minka is ready to get paid. And the way Minka gets paid is by getting turnovers. And we know Minka needs his money. So look for my man Minka at some point in this game to capitalize on one of these improvisation plays by Josh Allen where he takes a little bit of chances, right? Where he gets a little risque with the ball. Uh Look for my man Minka to capitalize, to show up in a big way. Uh, One of the best
0: young quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against one of the best young safeties, one of the best safeties in the NFL. That is good on good. Josh Allen versus Minka Fitzpatrick. Five-star Friday.
1: Matchup at number two. Okay, well, now we got to get to the offensive side of the ball for the black and gold team. And I'm talking about running that rock with Najee Harris versus the linebacker tandem of Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. Now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we know they got a pro bowler and they know they got a lot of money in that linebacker room right there with Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. They both present challenges in terms of coveraging and getting downhill and stopping the run but we drafted Najee Harris in the first round for a reason. Yes, we did. We drafted Najee Harris in the first round when everybody said, you don't take running backs in the first round. We drafted Najee Harris in the first round when it was other linemen on the board because we said he is that much better than every single player that was available when the steals were on the clock. Bama. We've seen him hurdle. We've seen him burst. We've seen him catch plays off the backfield and go for 47 yards. And I fully anticipate him to continue that trajectory, that linear progression. Mm that Najee Harris has been on. So my friends, if you are ready for some action, get your popcorn ready because these guys, oh man, Najee versus Tremaine and Matt, oh my goodness, that is double the price of admission. Yeah,
0: we got, I mean, all these studs already in the conversation. It's only our second matchup. Yeah, the rookie, we all know what he's capable of. We are all excited about young Najee Harris. It is a heck of a test for him. Week one to start. Here you go, Rook. Welcome to the NFL. Looking across the line at you is Edmonds and Milano, a very formidable pairing. I love it, Arthur Motes. Five star Friday. Yeah, matchup
1: number three. Well, when we're sticking with our studs, we know they have a really, really good stud that happens to play wide receiver.
0: Ah, I was waiting for this guy. Who goes
1: by the name of Stephon Diggs? hmm. We're just going to throw him out the equation. We don't want to deal with that guy, okay? Oh. We're not dealing with that guy. So what we're going to talk about is any DB lined up against any receiver not named Stefan Diggs. Oh. Those are the ones we have to consistently win. Those are the ones that we have to come out of there saying we won that matchup. We dominated that element because we I know it. what Diggs brings. And we know it doesn't matter which corner we put over there. He's kind of like A.B. when A.B. was doing his thing in 2014 through, I mean, however long you want to continue to go with Mm A.B. Certain players are just different. Diggs is different right now. But the way you combat that Bills offense is making sure the rest of those receivers don't step up and kill you. Cole Beasley can't go out there and have a 100-yard game. Gabriel Davis can't have a 100-yard game. Emmanuel Sanders cannot turn the clock back and have a 100-yard game. That's how you handle it. So that's what I'm going to be most excited about with our DBs when they line up against any receiver not named Stephon Diggs.
0: I love it. You know, you mentioned Stephon Diggs there to start. I thought here comes Diggs and Hayden, and you just absolute curveball. And that's why the people tune in on 5
1: Star Friday. Hey, man, I'm just trying to put us in a position to be successful.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And that is what we love about the 5 Star Friday matchups. You got to win these to be successful. So let's keep it rolling. 5 Star Friday Matchup number four. Now,
1: there was once a movie called White Man Can't Jump. Starred... Wait, are you telling me you listen to Jimmy? <laughs> you know, all I'm saying is you might listen to it, but you're not hearing Jimmy. You feel me? See, uh, You might
0: listen to Euler Emotes, but you're not hearing y- 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 Euler Y'all not
1: hearing us, all right? Because sometimes we've been called Sidney Dean and Billy Hoyt. We have. We've gotten the tweets. We've gotten the photoshops. Okay. That's our alter egos. And we're two-on-two champions. We won't smoke with anybody. Oh, and we'll, we'll go to the park and hustle. So you know who else? Happens to have that Billy Hoyt and Sidney Dean relationship, right? Have you heard of Devin Bush and Joe Schober? Ooh. Wait a minute now. But guess who they're going to have to go against in their two-on-two? Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Holy Ooh. cow. Wait a minute. Yahtzee. Yahtzee. I'm excited about this one because I do feel this is favorable for us athletically. The challenge it presents, though, is are Devin and Joe on the same page yet? Hmm. Right. Sure. Because just like we saw in the movie, white man can't jump. They were still talented at the beginning of the movie, but they weren't cohesive at the beginning of the movie. They struggled. See them at the end of the movie, they're on the same page, productive, simpatico. I throw the oop, you're dunking it now. So, Joe, Devin, I need y'all to do whatever y'all need to do over these next couple of days to get as simpatico as y'all can. Because y'all two have the potential to be really good. Great. The same way we talk about Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, y'all have that Mm -hmm. same potential. Y'all just have to get cohesive. Y'all just have to get up to speed, working together. And then from there, we can see that. But what better way to start it out than against Zach Moss and Devin Singletary? Two young guys, good players, not great, but good. Formidable. Good challenge. But it's an opportunity that y'all should be able to thrive in. Should be able to thrive.
0: Should be able to kind of use that as a baseline and build on that throughout the Absolutely. season. As they, as they grow that chemistry and, and become more and more comfortable Absolutely. with each other. Very well said. Very well said. And
1: finally. Uh-oh. I hope you got the vocals ready. <clears throat> don't you Don't you no, shout at no, me now. No, no, I, I, no. I will turn this car around. I will Unique leave this induction New ceremony York. right now. Unique New York. I will I will tell them I can't make it to the Hall of Fame tonight. Red leather, don't yellow you play. leather. You better get the vocals. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Five-star Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Matchup number...
2: Uh Uh-oh.
1: He's back. Mama, there goes that man. Five. I'm talking about the man in the mirror on this one, baby. We got a newbie making his first start in the National Football League as a punter. Oh, A guy who beat out my Aussie friend Who goes by the name of Jordan Bray Shout out to him just finding some new employment Great bloke But Presley Harvin, the pomp and circumstances Since you've arrived to Pittsburgh Have all been leading you for this moment right here Yes they have We saw you boom one in that first Hall of Fame game We've been wowed by your practice prowess With your powerful leg Thundering down booming balls of thunder 70 yards Five-second hang time. Just amazing. We need you to show up now. It's easy to do it in the preseason. It's easy to do it in training camp when the stakes aren't as high. It's easy to do it when you know this really doesn't count wins and losses. It's going to be a different atmosphere when you go up to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, not even Buffalo. It's Orchard Park, New York. It's going right. to be a big difference going to Orchard Park, New York at 1 o'clock when you go out there and you make your first punt. I don't need you clamming up. I don't need you shanking anything because we've seen that before, right? That was the knock on Barry. As good as Barry was, that was his knock. He'll he'll give you a couple of them. Presley, don't go up there and lay no duck now, baby. That floor has to be very high. exactly. Make Danny Smith, make Kevin Colbert, make Coach Tomlin, and make, more importantly, Art Rooney right because they made that decision based on you. We've seen Barry come through here with multiple guys kicking against or punting against him, and he's beating them out they change for you make them right presley so that's the guy that's my fifth and final i love it i absolutely love it all over the board offense
0: versus defense quarterback versus secondary running backs versus linebackers and a little man in the mirror punter versus himself punter versus his debut as a rookie Great stuff, Arthur Motes. Uh, One more time, if you could run us through the gamut, you know, just in case people might have turned in late or might have tuned in late, pardon Mm -hmm. me, or missed something, and they just want to double-check their notes, uh, run us down again. Those five matchups, five-star Friday, the five matchups that will determine the outcome
1: of Steelers-Bills on Sunday up in Orchard Park. Yeah, absolutely. First matchup, Josh Allen versus Minka Fitzpatrick guess no better than that. That's really good on really good. Yes, sir. Then at number two, we got to talk Najee Harris versus the tandem of Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. That's going to be fun to watch. Then from there, Pittsburgh Steelers defensive backs versus any wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills I really not like, named Stephon Diggs. I really like how you looped as many people as possible in <laughs> yes. on that one. I love it. Yes. As long as he's not named Diggs, you should win that matchup or at least be comparable on that matchup. Then from there, man, we got to talk about our white man can't jump tandem, baby, just like me and you do what we do. I need Joe and Devin to get right in the group with us, man, as they take on Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Uh, Favorable, but you got to be on the same page. Yep, got to win that one. And then at number five, the man in the mirror, the young up-and-coming punting sensation, Presley Harvin, the third. The third? Versus Presley Harvin, the third. Gets no better than that, baby. And those... Are your five, five five-star Friday matchups. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us.
0: Can't have a Friday show without having Arthur Motes and his five, five five-star Friday matchups to keep an eye on those that will determine the outcome of Steelers' bills on Sunday up in Orchard Park in Buffalo. Great stuff. As always there from Arthur Motes and uh, one more time, congratulations to him getting inducted just a few hours here uh, late this afternoon, early evening into the JMU, the James Madison university hall of fame. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we'll get into some final Buffalo bills thoughts before we get into predictions and all that fun stuff as well. Wesley Euler, Jacob Recht in the locker room presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN, Pittsburgh and SNR. (coughs) Back inside the locker room on a Friday, another half an hour or so to go. Wesley Euler, Jacob Recht with you here. A reminder that you will have Craig Wolfley, Max Starks. They will be taking over the in the locker room duties for the rest of the season beginning next week. You also hear those two fine gentlemen on the call, of course, Sunday up in Buffalo. And speaking of Sunday up in Buffalo, Jacob, Mm -hmm. we got some breaking news as it relates to those Buffalo Bills. And big shout out to Andy for pointing this out Telly. to me on Twitter. Something we talked about with Brian Bacco. Bills defensive lineman, star Lotulele, oh. was just ruled out of Sunday's wow. game about 15 minutes ago. Gotta
2: say, Brian Bacco, I'm By pretty Sean sure McDermott. I was the one he brought up, star Lotulele. Ah. saying, oh, it could not be so great. It could not be 100% for that defensive line in Buffalo. Could spell re- a really good day for Najee Harris. Our boy Ver- Juan from South Carolina. Yeah, he's got to be excited to hear he's that. He's got to be happy.
0: Yeah, that they're gonna lean heavy now on Ed Oliver. He's coming back from a from an injury-plagued season last year. Now it's it's Star Loduly with the injury. Uh it was a calf injury that's been bugging him for a couple weeks he sustained in the Bills' uh final preseason game against the Packers. Has not practiced in the past two weeks since then, and he will not play on Sunday that is certainly a big development as we continue to look ahead here to the Buffalo Bills and again shout out to Andy for for the hat tip on Twitter there. Uh, Andy tweeted me and said Sean McDermott just announced it on his his uh, weekly Buffalo radio show on Friday mornings. Took to Google, uh, found a couple news outlets here from Buffalo reporting it as well. So, Jacob all of a sudden, you know, that kind of feels like it's it's becoming a storyline for both of these teams. We know these are two talented defenses. There are a lot of studs on both of these defenses. But now all of a sudden, the Buffalo Bills and the Steelers are going to be shorthanded. We know the Steelers are going without Stephon Tuitt. There's also some questions around the availability of Tyson Alu-Alu, maybe a little bit banged up of an Alex Highsmith as well. You combine that with a TJ Watt who hasn't had his typical offseason. There are certainly um, things to be desired on the Steelers' defense still, And now you look at Buffalo and a a defense that has a lot of talent, but just a lot of those guys struggled to stay healthy last year, Uh, along with Ed Oliver, like we talked about. Now it's star Lotu Lele out with a calf injury Sunday. And, And that's just, that's not ideal for the bills. Obviously, you know, that is, that is good for the Steelers, good for the offensive line and for Najee Harris. Certainly the bills. I mean, there's, you don't really have to sugarcoat it. They they struggled in the run game last season. Their run defense it wasn't terrible, but it certainly was not varsity level. And a big part of that was because Ed Oliver was injured. They get him back. They they get uh, some additional personnel in there. But now all of a sudden, a, another injury. Star Lutaleli going to be out. Looks like Emmanuel Sanders was limited in practice. Is limited in practice right now, he is questionable for Sunday's game as well, too. So who knows if we get that reunion with Manny Sanders. But these are two teams, Jacob. I mean, let's make no mistake about it. We know this in Pittsburgh. You know this in Pittsburgh if you are someone who's in tune with the Steelers throughout the entire year, not just the regular season, throughout the offseason as well, too. And if you've followed the Bills at all, if you're any type of person who, you know, is a football junkie and, and follows what's going on around the league. Both of these teams, Jacob, there was a clear onus from from ownership to front office to head coach all the way down that that line of, hey, in 2021, we got to be more effective at running the football. Right. Like that's that. We all know the Steelers from Art Rooney to Kevin Colbert to Mike Tomlin have preached that since March, since free agency, since the draft. It's it's, it's the same for the Buffalo Bills. Their big onus this offseason as a team who went to the AFC championship game last year to them to get over that hump to get to a Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl they had to get better at stopping the run and they had to get better at running the football well Jacob for both of these teams now with down some personnel stopping the run on Sunday just got a little more challenging
2: yeah it did uh for different reasons of course as you said uh which would you like to start with though the the Bills struggles or the Steelers struggles because Let's let's go Bills struggles
0: because I feel like, you know, I mean, most of us here in this town know, you know, the Steelers struggles with running the football last season.
2: So kind of interesting road or or way that we path that we've gotten to this point, the start of twenty one, for the Bills rushing attack. They went out and got Devin Singletary, who everyone thought was going to be their guy. And then the very next year they drafted Zach Moss. Correct. However, that year that they drafted Zach Moss happened to be Josh Allen's arrival party to the NFL. Everyone talks about Josh Allen's progression from year one to year two, but that doesn't hold a candle to the progression he made from year two year to two year to three. Year two to year three
0: was an insane
2: job. And that's the same year that coincided with Zach Moss's arrival to Buffalo. So Thir-
0: Just real quick, 13% better on his completion percentage from year two to year three. I mean,
2: that's, that's no small number. It's <laughs> not a small number. I mean, you number. think 13. You don't think it's that big. But when you're talking about percentages, that is a that is a multi-level grade yeah, of a difference.
0: You, let's say if you were completing six out of ten passes, all of a sudden you're completing seven out of ten. I mean an additional thirteen percent. So, yeah, that, that's 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 a significant jump.
2: You're going from a, a B minus to a solid A there. Yes yeah. is, is essentially what you're doing. And it just do I think that if 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 Zach Moss was drafted the year before when Josh Allen was only in year two that he would have been the star running back? No, but it definitely would have given more given him more opportunity to see more action, yeah, for sure. and now we know that basically once Josh Allen had this MVP caliber season this past year, there is no threat of a running game, and I'm glad you mentioned it because so few people. And the national media really talk about Buffalo's struggle to run the ball. They really just focus on how great of a passer Josh Allen is. And not, how
0: talented those wide receivers are. Right, not yeah. not
2: how one-dimensional the offense is. That, that was their issue about, against the Chiefs last year. You want to talk about the Steelers being a predictable offense down the stretch of twenty twenty of the 2020 season. Buffalo probably even more so. Same because, conversation, yeah. I mean, yes, they struggled to have a, a good running game, But they had even more of a reason to go past just because they had the great quarterback in Josh Allen. You knew the ball was being aired out. So, yeah, I mean, the issues are there, but I guess they're not as... Damaging of an issue considering your quarterback being Josh Allen,
0: especially when he's as mobile as he is. I mean, Josh Allen, I think, had seven or eight rushing touchdowns last year. He's
2: your RB1. That's not a horrible RB1 to have. The Steelers would have taken Josh Allen's numbers (laughs) last year and in 2019 (laughs) for their RB1. The
0: Steelers would have taken eight rushing touchdowns from Josh Allen last year's RB1. No, that's nicely said by you. You're absolutely right. But that is. Again, as much as the NFL changes and evolves, and it certainly has in our lifetimes, it certainly has over the last dozen or so years, you, to, to win championships, you know, to, to win your division, to get the AFC championship games, to, to climb that ladder, to lift a Lombardi trophy, it still does quite often come down to just as simple as you have to be able to stop the run, you have to be able to run the football. And both of these teams struggled in that department last year. You mentioned that word predictability, Jacob, that, that is the word. For sure. For the Steelers, first 11 weeks of the season, right? It was working out. Well, really, maybe first eight or so weeks of the season. And then teams started to catch up to them. And then Washington finally had the formula. For the Buffalo Bills, they had enough talent on offense and on defense to be able to still persevere, win a lot of games, win playoff games, go to the AFC championship game. Mm. But they were unable to beat a Chiefs team that was very hobbled, that was down Patrick Mahomes. What's crazy is they couldn't to me, run the
2: football. What's crazy to me is the fact that the Browns had a more competitive game. Granted, Chad Henney was in there for a, a portion of it, but Chad Henney had the most important play of the game on that third, <laughs> and, third yep. and long scramble, which set up the fourth down conversion, which he threw the ball for. But the Browns had a more competitive game and kept the the Chiefs' offense more in check than the Bills did. Josh Allen just could not keep up, and the defense really couldn't keep Pat Mahomes under wraps. So, the reason you know you want to you want to bring up the Steelers' offense, rushing offense, yeah, when, yeah. when talking Get about to the it. Bills' rushing offense, is because the Steelers went out and had and and, and found a solution in Najee Harris. Now, when we talked to Brian Bacco, he said. The Bills' defense up front—they addressed in the first two rounds. They went out and got Gregory Rousseau. They went out and got Carlos Basham, two guys on the defensive line. Now you're going to see them a lot more than you expected to, with Ludo not being with not being in the starting lineup. However, they're not starting guys even when he's out when he's not out there. Right, right. They are depth pieces, and so I got to wonder. Brian Bacco said. The, from the linebackers and behind, the linebackers in the secondary, the Bills are taken care of almost as consistent as you could ask for, for across those back guys. Yeah. I guess you want to call it, we always call it a front seven, but a, how about the back eight, if you will? <laughs> so they're okay there. But when it comes to the defensive line, I don't think they were really that shorthanded. It was good that they went out and got Gregory Rousseau, but. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss just aren't guys. They're guys, but they're not going to be a Najee Harris. They're,
0: they're a lot of like what the Steelers had last year. Mm-hmm. Guys, guys who can have good games, but but you know, start to finish, they're they're just not the guy you want as your number one running
2: back. And with a lot of running backs, every year, year in year out, on the free agent market, and certainly this year with three guys who a lot of teams would have coveted the running backs and maybe a, f- a stretch forth with Michael Carter, the backup out of North Carolina. I'm surprised that both didn't try to pursue one of those, f- one of those guys. Two of them were gone in the yeah. first round between ATN and Harris, but the other, the other two were still there, uh, both from North Carolina and they didn't pursue either of them. I'm a little, not concerned, but questioning why why not do that if you got your defensive end and 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 gregory russer in the first round great selection why not say okay we did that let's add a different piece elsewhere
0: yeah no i i'm i'm with you on that it's listen jacob it's it's a weird kind of i don't know it's a weird kind of back and forth that i feel like we do in this conversation When we talk about how ah there's not value in running backs, you shouldn't draft running backs high. Look, the proof's in the pudding. You can find running back, all this. But then you see these teams where you look at their roster and it's like, man, if you only had a running back, we would really like what you had going. You know, I I think you could say that about the Steelers last year. You can definitely say that about the Buffalo Bills as well, too. That's why Jacob... A lot of people were trying to do the 30,000-feet view thing when the Steelers took Najee Harris, right? And they're like, you just don't take running backs in the first round. You don't do it. Their shelf life isn't long enough. The value isn't there. And that's easy to say from a bird's-eye view, just throw that blanket over every situation. But when you're a team like the Steelers and it was clear that that was the part of your offense that was holding you back that you really needed to come together for, you've got the quarterback, you've got the playmakers, you've got the defense, you need a run game in those scenarios, if, if that's what you need and if you can draft a running back who brings instant value, dude, to me, that's that's what you want in a draft pick. You don't always have to be like, oh, well, is he still going to play for us 10 years from now? Because if you're in your Super Bowl window now, who cares? When Ben Roethlisberger's gone, who cares, right? If Najee Harris has five really good years and then, and then has a short shelf life and falls off a cliff – Okay, there's still value there. He improves the run game immediately, and you can't tell me when Ben's gone that whoever the next quarterback is, having Najee Harris in the backfield isn't going to be a nice way to break that guy into the league. I just – it's a weird dichotomy to me, Jacob, where we poo-poo running backs, we poo-poo the value there until that's the reason that you can't get over the hump, and then all of a sudden we're like, hey, you got to find a way to run the football. Like, it just seems bass-ackwards to me, if you will.
2: It seems like a lose-lose scenario if you're the Steelers who went out and, and used that first-round draft pick on Najee Harris because if you don't go out there and get him, it's... Well, how how, how could you be a team that's in such dire need of a running back when right. you let him slip through your fingers? He fell all the way to 24 for you, and you're just going to pass up on him. And then... The other side of that lose-lose is what happened in reality is, oh, my gosh, the Steelers went out and used their first-round pick on a running back. Don't they know what the winning formula is? You can find running backs in the second right, and third round right. who succeed so well. Some guys, James Robinson went undrafted last year, and, and he was a great addition for the, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it, no matter what happened here, the Steelers were going to be criticized for the decision they made in the correct, first round. Correct. It's just I think that of those lose-lose, I'm happy – The narrative is the way it is right now, where it's, oh, my gosh, how could they go out there and waste a first round pick on a running back? Because realistically, I think that Najee Harris was the second most talented option in this draft behind Trevor Lawrence.
0: That you can certainly make that argument. Uh, you, could, you could certainly present a very compelling case that, that that is true. And again, when you're a team like the Steelers, when you've only got one, maybe two years left with your future Hall of Fame quarterback, why not get the guy that you think is going to have the instant impact? Mm-hmm. And who knows, Jacob, maybe the Bills will kind of be, you know, if, if their lack of run game is the reason that they end up, you know, falling short of a Super Bowl again this year, maybe they'll be kind of ruining the day that they didn't treat that position with more priority. Always an interesting conversation. I, I do love having it. We got to get to a break here, when we come back on the other side. Oh, it's gonna be—it's gonna be a little rapid fire, folks. We'll get to your predictions. Oh boy! We'll give our predictions. I want to ask Jacob his thoughts on a couple other games around the NFL, and of course, we'll sing the "Here We Go" song, Week One Buffalo Bills edition. All We that, will.
2: You will. Uh, well, you're gonna be my hype
0: man. All right, okay. I'll sing. You be the hype man. Does okay. that work for that's you? Fair. I'm Mac Miller. You're Tree J. All right, that's fine. Does that work?
2: You got Hi, the bo- you got yeah. the boombox. I don't.
0: All right, I'll we'll, go get it. I'll we'll go, find one. We'll, we'll find one. We'll it. find one during commercial break. <laughs> so last chance to get your predictions in. Tweet them to us at Wesley Euler at Jakey Wrecked if you want your prediction, your score prediction. Of course, I'm talking red on the air before we get out of here. He is Jacob Wrecked. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to In the Locker Room, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. Back inside the locker room, final segment on a Friday, getting ready for Steelers Bills. We're gonna sing a song. We're gonna give some predictions here in just a moment. Jacob, I was looking over the stat sheet from last night. Rushing leader in last night's game between the Cowboys and the Bucks, Zeke Elliott with thirty. It was, it was really Zeke. thirty-three yards. I thought you
2: were gonna say it was it was Leonard Fournette or Tom or what's it? 30 Jones. Thirty-three
0: yards was your leading rusher. In last night's game, I in that kind of that piggybacking off the conversation that we had in the last segment, it feels like the the whole passing league thing, right mm-hmm. is is very prevalent in September, October, maybe November. But still, we know like you got to be able to run the football. you got to be able to stop the run if you want to win in December and January and beyond. But I—that just kind of jumped off the page to me. Leading rusher last night in a game that was 31 to 29, plenty of offense, plenty of points, was Zeke Elliott with only 33 yards. That explains the dude Jacob had
2: four carries for 12 yards in the first half last night.
0: That explains
2: Jacob why that game took like four and a half hours
0: because they weren't running yeah, they the football. Just...
2: I mean, you were you were on your way back from Morgantown, I West was. Virginia. You yep. were, I was asking you how that game went that you were broadcasting. You go, oh, well, it just happened to go to double overtime, as as the night games tend to do, <laughs> extending your night. And I'm like, oh, and in my head I'm thinking, that sucks. You missed the whole game. I and still then made it home for the end. You <laughs> still made an hour and a half trip back home from Morgantown. You still yeah. saw the game-winning field goal.
0: Think about that. The the uh, The soccer game that I called in Morgantown last night, WV versus Georgetown, 7 o'clock start. Went into double overtime, and I had a 90-minute drive to get home, and I still was able to catch the end of that football game. Yeah, that was a long one. That was a long one last night, and certainly when you look at the stat sheet. Well done by you, my friend. Yeah, yes. I was happy to make it home to see the end and uh, to see that jerk Tom Brady do it once again. Yeah, you know
2: what's funny, too? I thought I had about the end of the game, right before that game-winning field goal, was the Chris Godwin Mm -hmm. push-off. Push-off, not push-off. What say you, Wes? I it's a push I, off. Wes. The fact that you even had to uh, think about it. Come on. No, it's here's, a what was, here's what I was here's
0: what I was going to say. I it, it, I'm like I would not be a good referee because I think as well let the, let the kids play. No, 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 no. I think as a referee and this is probably the wrong state of mind. Like I don't think if it's a foul in the first quarter, it's a foul with 3 minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. So, if Godwin does that in the first quarter, I might throw a flag. But in that situation, I'm not letting a flag decide that moment, that play. I did not think it was that you didn't egregious. Think it was that obvious? There was
2: contact for sure. So, I, I said this to Tom, I made this joke with Tom. You know, people want to talk about how Gronk and Brady are the greatest tight end quarterback tandem, Brady and, and Randy Moss are the greatest wide receiver quarterback tandem. Forget those. You know, it's all about Tom Brady and old buddy in New York, Al Rivera. <laughs> that is the greatest combination. That is the greatest duo in NFL history because once again, you have a push-off, and I believe it was a push-off, Wes. It kinda hurts me to say to hear you say that you don't think it was. No, I'm just I saying I would to have was... thrown the flag there. I'm not saying there was a contact. Right, I'm right, right, not right, saying right, there right. was I'm just saying I would not have thrown the flag in that okay, situation. Okay, that's, that's fair. But you I guess you can agree that it was You could say that it was offensive pass interference. You just wouldn't, you would hold your flag back. It's, so here's an example for you,
0: right? And I might lose some people on this one, but I'll be Uh, quick. I'm I'm
2: even more nervous now. Last
0: night in the soccer game that I was calling, right? Okay. With three minutes left in regulation, there was a play where a WVU defender, you know, slid to try and block a pass, arms tight to the body, and the ball went off the arm. And Georgetown was screaming for a penalty kick for a handball in the box. But in that situation, in a tie game with that's three not... minutes left, you don't give a penalty to decide that game. That's just kind of where I'm at with last night. All right. That's, but that's why I would be a bad referee, because if it's, a, if it's a penalty in the first quarter, it should be a penalty in the fourth quarter. I'm not naive enough that's fair. To, to realize that. But I just I don't like it when referees decide games. I get that. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have it play out that way. It, least, it sucks,
2: think. too, because it's normally if, if there were so many other NFL teams – I'd be okay with it. But it was Brady against Dallas. I know. It's a lose
0: lose. It's a lose lose situation. It is a a lose 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 situation. Is
2: there a a, a worse ending than a tie? Because I don't want to no, I would have liked tie. to see
0: those teams tie last I don't night.
2: even want the, the, to give them the tie because that's still positive percentage points in your winning percentage. I don't want that. <laughs> I want something worse than a tie. All right. I want to uh, forfeit by both. I, wanna, <laughs> I
0: want someone to get disqualified right yeah. in the middle of the game. All right, Jacob, before we get to sing song and then our predictions, I'm going to run through the other games on mm-hmm. Sunday, okay? I just want your winner. No explanation, yep. no rhyme, no, no reason. No cover, no, no yep. line. Just, okay. just yep. give me the winner. Philly at Atlanta. I got Atlanta. Same here. Minnesota at Cincinnati.
2: Minnesota. I, really quick, the line is in favor of Cincinnati. What is Vegas thinking?
0: <sighs> I think Cincinnati keeps it closer than most would expect, but I got the Vikings as yeah, well. I got
2: the I got the Vikings. San Francisco at Detroit. Uh, San Francisco by a, a country mile.
0: Yeah, with you on that one. That feels like the lock. Arizona at Tennessee. That Good could game. be a fun this game. This could
2: be a this could be a high scoring <laughs> yeah. game. Yeah, I got Arizona though. I just think Kyler Murray's the better quarterback. That's what I'm going with. Seattle
0: at Indianapolis. Russell Wilson won his last 12 games in the East Coast time zone.
2: That's fair, but this Indy defense is pretty good. I'm still going Seattle.
0: I'm going Seattle because I don't believe in Carson Wentz. Man, that changed really quick in my life. L.A., the Chargers at the football
2: team. Uh, I got the football team. I think the football team's going to win that division this year.
0: I think the football team wins this game. I think the Chargers are a better team. But week one, more continuity for Washington, traveling across the country for L.A. I'll go football team as well. The Jets at Carolina. Darnold uh, against
2: his old team. Does he get revenge? Darnold gets the revenge, and it's sweet because I think it's a blowout. Maybe not as big as uh, the the San Francisco Detroit game, but I still think it's a it's a it's a comfortable win for Carolina. The has got
0: nothing. The toilet bowl. Jacksonville at
2: Houston. Yeah, this, do we even have to? I don't care. Whoa, Trevor Lawrence. Sure.
0: You can get tickets right now for seventeen dollars to that game on the secondary markets. Jacob, yeah, I'll take Jacksonville as well.
2: Cleveland versus Kansas City. Fun one. Oh, this is a tough one. I think this is the game of the week. I don't think the Sunday night game is. Really really representative of that. If not if not the Buffalo Bills and the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think it's the Cleveland Browns and Kansas City, but Kansas City's at home. You cannot not go with Kansas City.
0: I'm going with the Browns because wow. because this is their Super Bowl, Jacob. Like Kansas Yeah, their Super Bowl comes
2: K- against the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you know that's true.
0: Not this week. If they beat the Chiefs, they're planning the parade already. I Miami so.
2: at New England. Good game. I'm going Miami. Same here. I got faith in Miami. Green
0: Bay at New Orleans in Jacksonville due to the
2: hurricane. Right, I got Green Bay. I I James I, know, Winston I think the can be good. S- Saints are going to struggle this year. I don't know if they struggle. I put them as a playoff team. In mm. the seventh seed, somewhere around there. I think their defense is still good enough, but I think Aaron Rodgers is just way better than Jameis Winston. Denver
0: at the Giants.
2: Uh good game, but I got I got uh, the Giants.
0: I think I'm gonna go Broncos in, in a close one.
2: Bears at Chargers. Uh ch- uh at Rams. Oh, sorry, right? at Rams, pardon part me. Yes, sorry. Thank you. If it's Justin Fields, it's a conversation. It's not Justin Fields, so I'm going the Rams. Dig
0: it, love it, Jacob. Before we get to our predictions, it's time for me to sing the "Here we, we Go" song. Are we song. only doing Sunday games? Yeah, only Sunday games. Oh, because you talk about you Monday did, night okay, on Monday. Okay. Yeah,
2: come on. Well, I'm not going to be with you on Monday. And listen, I'm so oh, running you. out of time here. All right, who's going to win on Monday? Hurry I up. got the Vegas Raiders because the Baltimore is depleted. Vegas
0: Yeah, me too. All right, it's time to sing some songs. You ask for it, I deliver. It's our hype song. Here we go, Buffalo edition. Oh, I got to turn me go. up in my headphones, baby. I need that beat. Here
1: we go. Steelers,
2: here we go. Pittsburgh's gone to Super Bowl. Here
0: we go. We cheer the Steelers, the black and the gold. Here we go. This town of Pittsburgh's heart and soul. Here we go. The Steeler Nation has, has the, the best, best radio hosts. ain't got to listen to Euler and Motes. Up the road we go to Buffalo. Here we go. There's one thing yins need to know. Here we go. Stiller, Stiller. Nation is coming Here to party. Go. Yo, Bill's Mafia, there's where's all your
1: Lombardies?
0: Here we go. Here we go. go Give go. it to go Najee go. when we need a first down. Verse two. TJ's back for primetime like Jimmy Fallon. Go. Gonna be a long day for young Josh Allen. Here we go. Wants to throw yes. to Diggs Here and Beasley. Here comes Minka
1: picking him
0: so off easily. Here
1: we go. Now the offense is ready to score. Here we go. And there's one thing we know for sure. Here we go. If we don't get it. All right, last verse. Got to finish strong.
0: Yeti offense needs a kickstart. Najee's going to be a shot to the heart. Wide receivers and dropping no balls, you'll see. And we'll get the season started with a victory.
2: Not bad. What do you think, Jacob? I like it. What do you think? I got to say my favorite line was the rhyming Jimmy uh, Jimmy Fallon with the Josh Allen. It was good. I was trying to think, like, what rhymes with Allen. Yeah. Hey, sometimes it's a Mona Lisa. Sometimes no, it's No, I good. said that was my fan. Nice. I'm a fan.
0: <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Yeah, that's something Motes and I do every week. We had a lot of people tweeting us about it. I couldn't let it slide. If you're one of our new listeners, I apologize for blowing out your eardrums but that is what we do around these parts. Jacob, before we give our predictions real quick on the Twitter here, let me run down the gamut. Steel City Champ says Steelers win 24 to 10. Josh Allen throws a pick 6. Najee Harris 100 yards and a touchdown. Randy says unfortunately got the Steelers starting off with a loss 28 to 17. Claypool and Fryermuth both score touchdowns. James says um Slow start for the Steelers leads to the Steelers losing 24-13. to Brian from Washington says, Steelers 24, Bills 7. Downhill, hard nose running game in honor of Tunch Ilkin. Absolutely love it. Thrash says, I hope I'm wrong, but I have Bills 14, Steelers. 10 Uh, Zach says Steelers 24 bills 21 Najee touchdown late to Najee big play late to set up a winning field goal Francis tweets us and says 31 27 Steelers is my prediction and Jacob that is all she wrote so partner
2: what say you what say me Wes It's, it's it's another glim outlook it's another glim prediction um for the Steelers. I got the Bills in this one, 21-17. 21-17. I'm
0: I'm I'm similar to you. I I with all due respect to Brian Bacco, he said 31 to 17 Buffalo. Arthur Motes. Yeah, I don't I don't have I don't have it that bad. Arthur Motes says 31 to 14 Buffalo. Jacob, I just, I'm with you. I think it's lower scoring. It always is in Week One, right? Like the offenses are never quite on the same page, the same level that we expect them to be. Maybe last night Tampa Bay and the Cowboys a, a rare exception there. As much as it pains me, I just think the offensive line is going to take a while to come together for the Steelers. I think the defense Week One isn't going to be as good as it's going to be by Week Four or Five or Six. Uh, Joe Schobert still trying to figure things out. You've got some guys, some big key contributors absent. As much as it pains me, I am uh I am on the the negative train as well too. I'm going 24 to 14. Buffalo. Mm. So you
2: have the Bills covering.
0: I have the Bills covering. I do not. You do not. And that is the name of the game right there, partner. <laughs> Jacob, this was a lot of fun today, buddy. Thank you.
2: Yeah, man, we got to do this more often.
0: You know it. You know we it.
2: gotta get Arthur Moats James Asin, we, we gotta get some have a crossovers. Couple, have a couple more Hall of Fame inductions for the guy. He deserves them. Let me let me hang out with Wesley. a little go. bit more. There
0: you go. There you go. I love it. Great job to Jacob, co-hosting and producing the whole show today. Thanks to everybody who tweeted, who called in, and to our buddy Brian Backo from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette as well. That'll do it for us this week. If you like what you heard from Jacob, check out the Steelers Standard. Moats and I on the Steelers Blitz. And you have Wolf and Starks back here on Monday to break down everything that happens on Sunday between the Bills and the Steelers up in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. So take care, everybody. And we'll talk to you guys next week. As always, you know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio.